Well, we have a special guest on with us today. Bishop Caggiano is joined by Father Mike Schmitz. Yes, the host of the number one podcast, The Bible in a Year. He's also the director of youth and young adult ministry in the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, and chaplain at the Newman Center at the University of Minnesota. This is going to be a great conversation. It's Father Mike's story. It's about the Bible in a year. And, well, you'll see. Stay tuned. You're listening to Let Me Be Frank on your radio at 1350 AM and 103.9 FM or on your phone with the Veritas mobile app. You can get the app at the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or at VeritasCatholic.com. This show, Let Me Be Frank, is brought to you by a grant from Foundations in Faith. Foundations in Faith embraces innovative approaches to funding pastoral care programs in the Diocese of Bridgeport. Resources focus on energizing lifelong faith formation and discipleship, and fostering a commitment to justice and accompaniment with our most vulnerable. From seminarians to retired priests, from baptism to last rites, from suburbs to inner cities, the reach is broad, the impact is meaningful. For more information, visit them on the web at foundationsinfaith.org. All right, here we go. This is Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. I'm Steve Lee, and it is my great pleasure, as always, to introduce Bishop Frank Caggiano. Steve, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, you look all excited. Tell me why. <laughs> well, because I get to talk to you, Excellency. Oh, please. <laughs> well, and we have a guest. That's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if any of our listeners are going to know our guest today, but he's, he's a gentleman by the name of Father Mike Schmitz, who's made a little name for himself with some pretty awesome social media, spiritual reflections. And he happens to be the host of a little podcast called The Bible in a Year. And <laughs> Father Mike's uh, day job actually is as the director of young, youth and young adult ministry for the Diocese of Duluth in Minnesota, and as a chaplain for the Newman Center at the University of Minnesota in Duluth. Father Mike was ordained in 2003 at St. Paul's Seminary, which, although I don't know, it's possible that that might not have happened if he had landed the role of Robin in Batman Forever <laughs> or Dade Murphy in the movie Hackers, both of which he was up for. Oh, is that right, Father Mike? Are you kidding? Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I, uh, I auditioned for a couple of movies when I was in college and didn't get the parts. <laughs> wow. But you got a better part. You, you Now it's yeah, for Jesus. Way better. Way better. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very grateful and edified that you're a priest and not a movie star. But <laughs> yes. Father Mike... Thank you. What a thrill it is to have you here on Let Me Be Frank. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really, really grateful. Father Mike, I am so honored and thankful that you are on this podcast. You are the first, like, bona fide global star. I mean, <laughs> hundreds of millions <laughs> of people have heard you. Am I, am I exaggerating? No. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No, they but, have. Uh, <laughs> and, well, and, I, I'm, I'm really grateful Bishop, to be able to have this time with you as well. So thank you so much. Oh, no, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I, when I invite people, when people are kind enough to come on the podcast, I always ask the same question to begin. And that is, tell us your life journey. Like, how did you get to being where you are right now? I think and yeah, people well, love to hear the, the twists and turns of life. So share whatever you feel comfortable with. Bishop, would you like the 30-second version or the three to five minute or oh, 15 definitely. minutes, 15 minutes. Okay. We want to know everything. <laughs> okay. 
Well, you're a star. Right, well, Come on, we got to know what's going on. <laughs> well, I was I was born in actually I was born in Oak Park, Chicago, um, Illinois. Uh, my dad was finishing up residency at Cook County General Hospital. I'm the fourth of six kids, and so um, yeah, he finished up his residency there. And nine months later, so I don't have any memory of it, but nine months later, they moved back to Minnesota. My uh, my parents both grew up in, in Minnesota. My dad just south of the Twin Cities and my mom in the Twin Cities. And uh, so they knew they wanted to live in Minnesota. And they also knew they didn't want to live in the in the Twin Cities. And so they said, well, why? where did you like to vacation when you were kids? And they both vacationed like the rest of the state of Minnesota and a vacation in a place called the Brainerd Lakes area. And so it's kind of the central to northern Minnesota, bunch of lakes, gorgeous, just, you know, mm-hmm. woodland and kind of meets farmland, meets lake country and so they said why don't we just live where we used to love to vacation as kids and i am so grateful for that because i got to grow up grew up where everyone else wanted to vacation and mm-hmm. it's one of those where i just ah so grateful so i'm one of six uh there's two girls two boys i'm the second boy and then girl boy so three girls three three boys and uh which means i always say that means i'm the the middle of the middle uh because i'm not the uh, my older brother and i are the two in the middle and he's the oldest boy, so he has to pave the way for that. So I, I think that's the most well-adjusted, um, you know, because you, you kind of fit right in in the uh, in the family. You get to be taken care of by the older ones, and you get to take care of the little ones. Or you get tortured by the older ones, you get to pass on mm-hmm. that torture to the young ones. So you, you, it's balanced. It's well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my parents are my family's Catholic, and uh, so we had to go to – I always say we're, we were normal Catholics in the sense that uh, – um, my parents took their faith seriously, but you wouldn't you wouldn't say, oh, wow, those Schmitzes live really differently. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, yeah, we go to mass every Sunday, regardless of whether we're on vacation or home or traveling or it doesn't matter if there's a sport thing going on every, every Sunday mass. Um, went to Catholic school. I hated I, I really didn't like mass um, for my most of my life. It was one of those situations where I uh, <laughs> my parents had a rule and that was the only way you could not go to mass is if you're too sick to do anything else. And so there were times, and again, I, my, my attitude was like, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, God's fine and everything. And, uh, but I hate going to mass so much that I, I don't know how many times I pretended to be sick, uh, to, to, to try to get out of mass. It worked a couple times. I remember thinking about this. This is just crazy. Um, so what that meant was it meant that, okay, I would get, I would get a free hour right in the morning, not go to mm-hmm. church, but then brunch afterwards i didn't get to be part of that uh like hanging out the rest of the day i had to stay in my bedroom by myself no i'm you know there's no radio there's no tvs there's no tablets there's no internet it was just me and myself for the entire day no supper either like it's one of those things like oh you could have some saltines because your stomach must be upset still you know uh, that uh and i thought that was a good deal because i tried it more than <laughs> once um but that all changed when um, I was about 15 or 16 years old. And I had, I, what I, I would describe like this, I had an encounter with my own brokenness. I had an encounter with my own sinfulness. And what I mean by that is up to that point, I knew the commandments. I know that what the sins are because I went to Catholic school. It was good. You know, that I, I learned stuff. But in, in one moment, it was a moment of grace where I realized at one moment, like, oh my gosh, those sins aren't just something, on, you know, out there. That's something I've done. And it was this moment of like completely Holy Spirit conviction because it led to that next step. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't forgive myself. Like I need a savior. And it was one of those like, bing, light bulbs. <laughs> We're like, oh my gosh, 
everything they've been telling me my entire life now all of a sudden makes sense because now it matters to me because I had this again deep conviction that I have sin. I need a savior. Jesus is the savior. He wants to forgive me. And so that led me to two things. And just, it was again, Holy spirit, because a lot of times, as you know, Bishop, they, when Satan is the accuser. And so we can, we can feel guilty for our sins, but then we feel stuck because the accuser just says, yeah, that's, that's who you are. That's what you are. Um, Holy spirit convicts us, not just about our sin, but he convicts us about the love of God for us. And so I knew I needed to pray. I need that. And I knew I needed to go to confession, but I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to pray. Um, I remember I had a uh, rosary on my bedpost, like all of my siblings did. Um, my mom would pray the rosary every day, uh, but I wasn't going to ask her how to do it. I knew there were our fathers and Hail Marys involved, <laughs> but uh, I remember it was Wednesday night. There was a religious education and there was a little booklet uh, called Youth Praise the Rosary. And I remember asking Mrs. Haglin, who was our religious ed teacher, so Mrs. Haglin, can I, can I borrow this, this little booklet? She's like, oh my gosh, yes, take it. You can have it forever. You don't, you don't have to pay us any money. Just take this thing. And so I would, that's, I had the booklet in one hand and the rosary in the other. And I would just every day start praying the rosary, following along in this booklet. That was one thing. And it just changed my life. Our lady, just so in, incredible. Um, that was my first introductory introduction that here's how you pray. The second thing was I knew I needed to go to confession. So um, I didn't have any sense of, well, those that happens on Saturday or whatever. So I knew where the priest lived, lived next to the church. So I got on my bike and I rode across town at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning and went up to the rectory, you know, and knocked on the door and he was home. I always say he was home because as we know, priests only work one day a week. And, uh, and I was like, father, can I, can I go to confession? And he said, sure, come on in. So I sat down on the couch, went to confession. And this is the thing. When I walked out of that house, I remember stepping off that front porch with three so, so clear and distinct thoughts. My first thought was gratitude. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like I rode across town here. I walked into this house just dead in my, dead in my sins. And you just have set me free. You've completely freed me of all my sins, forgiven all my sins. Thank you. My second thought was, God, if you ever want me to be a priest, I'll hear anyone's confession anytime they ask. Now, I had never thought about being a priest because like, why? I hate mass. Why would you, what do you think about being a priest? But that was so powerful. Just, God, I'm so grateful for you that that, that gratitude was, if you ever want me be what that priest was. Like, I will hear anyone's confession anytime that I ask. My third thought was, oh, well, she's really cute. Like that kind of thing. So it was uh, a situation where that started me down this road. And that road was, oh God, what do you want me to do? Because now this whole idea of a priesthood, like I was so, and so moved by the mercy that was given mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. through confession that like, I would love to be able to do that for anyone. Um, that only got amplified when, I don't know how much, I don't know how much time passed, but, um, my mom would have, she had these, all these books stacked up that she wanted to read one day. And she had all these magazines, you know, like the, the apologetics magazines or, you know, church magazines, all she wanted to read one day. And I'm grateful for the, her hoarding tendencies because at one point I just you know, went into a room and I was like, well, this looks like a good book. And it was this collection of, uh, inspiring stories of normal Catholics and of saints that was connected to the creed. Um, and it was, it was, what was it called? It was called uh, a catechist. Uh, catechist tells a story, something like something like this. And it's been reprinted, I think by Tan Publishing under a different title. And it's just so, it, it's connected to the catechism. It's just so powerful because it takes the, the articles of faith and then connects these real stories to them. And it just, I remember I hit the chapter on the Eucharist 
and I started reading these stories about people's lives being changed for the, uh, in, but through the Eucharist or um, them giving up their life for the Eucharist. People who said, no, this is truly the body and blood of Jesus. And I was floored. Like, again, I'm about 15 or 16 years old. I went to Catholic school. I went to mass every single Sunday. And for whatever, whatever it meant, I didn't realize Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. at mass, mm-hmm. Jesus, that's truly him, truly mm-hmm. present, body, blood, soul, divinity. I remember going downstairs into the kitchen, telling my brothers and sisters, did you guys know that the mass, that's actually Jesus? They're like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, that's actually him. The Eucharist is like the host. That's that's him. They're like, yeah, we know. I'm like, no, you guys don't understand. This is amazing. And they're like, yeah, moron. We went to Catholic school too. Like, were you sick of that day? Um, but it just, <laughs> it changed my life. And I remember... Uh, that that started a whole new like love for the Eucharist, love for Mass, um, and and just yeah, gosh, I remember even that that next thing thinking, but Lord, if you want me to be a priest, I get this gets to be what I can offer to people. I get to give them your body and blood, soul and divinity for the rest of my life. Uh, this world that needs you so badly, and uh, so here I'm in high school, and I'm starting to starting to try to go to daily mass a little bit if I can. You know, uh, we had to open open lunch break, and there was a, one of the churches in town had a, a noon mass. So sneak over there. That's the youngest person by about I think 150 years. Um, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, start praying the rosary. I, I heard about people making holy hours in front of the Eucharist, and so I would you know kind of ride my bike when I could drive. I'd drive over to the church and just like park myself in front of the mm-hmm. tabernacle and. Uh, that was a challenge. I mean, there was, it was all challenge because like, I didn't have anyone really leading me. I had books to read. Um, we had good priests, but I didn't, I guess I didn't really open up to, to too many uh, of them just because, you know, not really that personal connection, but they were very, very good people. Uh, but I remember reading books, you know, sometimes those books about saints talk about their experience with prayer. I remember going to adoration or we didn't have adoration and it was just in front of the tabernacle. But, um, and there would be stories of saints who like, you know, they would go in front of the, our Lord of the Eucharist and, and hours would feel like mere minutes. And I remember kneeling down and minutes would feel like hours. <laughs> it's like, am I doing this wrong? I don't know. Um, but the big question always in my prayer was, God, what do you want me to do? If you want me to be a priest, I'll, I'll be a priest. But I don't know if I want to, but if you want me to, I will. Um, so finally, I'm, I'm getting, I visit, visited seminary a couple of times in my high school years. And then, but I, I didn't really know when I was getting into my senior year, uh, through my senior year of high school and I was kind of getting stressed out because I, I didn't know, like, what, uh, what should I do? My, in my mind, not going to seminary would be like telling God no. Um, what I didn't know, what I have a better sense of now is this idea that, that what I think is true is that God is never waiting for us to answer a question he hasn't asked yet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so my dad was so good about this. My dad said, you know, Mike, if you don't know, you can go to seminary and try it out. But also, if you don't know, you can go to a normal college and I'll try it out. That'll be fine, too. And try that out. Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll know it better. You know, my dad had discerned priesthood when he was in, in college. And he said, yeah, good priest told me once. He said, keep praying and keep listening to the Lord. And, and if, you, uh, if he has something to tell you, he's going to say it. And so that just gave me so much consolation because I didn't know. Um, and, but my dad, dad speaking that word, um, so I went to kind of a normal college, I guess. Uh, I majored in theology. I went to this place because uh, there were a bunch of monks on campus. I was like, that'd be amazing to live with all these monks. And uh, I could major in theology. I could go to daily mass. There's a chapel hundred meters from my door. I was only an hour away from my girlfriend. <laughs> like all those things. It was just it was perfect. 
Um, and so I, as I said, I majored in theology. And um, unfortunately, uh, after I graduated, I was I became a, I became a missionary. That's not the unfortunate part. That's a that's an incredible part. I love that. Um, but I always describe this. I said I became a missionary at, at a Catholic mission, um, working at a Catholic high school, teaching religion, going to daily mass, and I hated the Catholic Church. Um, and it was one of those situations where I don't I don't mean to blame someone other than myself because because my own pride is mixed up in this, my own my own vanity and sense of self and intellectual whatever. Um, but the kind of the school I went to was uh, the the general consensus of the general kind of what was proposed was, well, yeah, okay, so the catechism teaches this, but we don't do catechism. We do theology. And uh, and so we're doing theology here. So the church teaches X, but we're on the cutting edge and the church is going to change in all these different big teaching areas and especially some of the hot button teachings. Mm-hmm. And so at first I was really resistant, resistant to that because I'm like, no, wait, I, I, I know the Lord. I know he is faithful and he establishes church. But then again, this is my own pride. Uh, you just kind of like start thinking, well, you smart people, you're the smartest people I know. And you are thinking these things kind of contrary to the church. And, and I started becoming embarrassed because I didn't have an answer to these hard teachings of the church. And so I started again, resenting the fact that I was Catholic. Um, so, but <laughs> the problem is I go, to, well, that's a problem, but then I go down to this mission. His mission is on the border of uh, Guatemala and Belize, and uh, it's run by SOLT, the Society of Our Lady, Most Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. And I got down there, and this was this was a Catholic mission with a capital C. It was so Catholic, getting off the plane. They're like, well, welcome, and it, it, right away, it was so clear that, like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is, uh, this is they, they mean business here. This is a big deal. And I hated it. There was this old priest named Father Tony, or sorry, Father, Father, uh, the other priest was Father Tony. And uh, my gosh, I'm blanking on the, the other priest who changed my life. <laughs> I'll think of his name in just a second. He's one of the co-founders of SOLT. And uh, and uh, they just, every go to, every mass I would go to, I would just completely like roll my eyes. I would like make fun of them, like whatever they're saying. They're talking, they're speaking as if like the church is true kind of a situation. Like we all know better than that. And it was I'm still grateful because two things happened when I was down there. One is after about six weeks, I got really, really sick and so sick that they, they thought like, maybe I might die. Um, really? And yeah, it was, it was this, this uh, virus that got kind of attacked. I needed chemotherapeutic uh, uh, medication to, to, to kill it. And, but here's the thing is um, Father Tony, his day would begin at 5 a.m. He'd go into the church and he'd make a holy hour or two. Then he'd cross the border into Guatemala and he'd be this mission like all day. This incredible man. He'd come back to the Belizean side of the, of the, the border, had say mass again. He would have some rice and beans. Or he would cross the little narrow uh, dirt alleyway between the church and the rectory to have some rice and beans and go to bed and do it all over again. So as he's crossing that little dirt alley, someone stops him and says, Father Tony, Mike's really sick. And so this guy that I had treated so poorly, you know, I just had, you know, scoffed at him. I, into all these things. He runs back into the church. He gets the anointing oil. He gets Holy Communion and he runs over to where I am. And I remember even lying there, just saying, I'm sweating, I'm, I'm kind of delirious and in so much pain. Here he is coming to me and offering the sacraments. I remember thinking, I know how, what a jerk I've been to Father Tony, but here he is. Like he, here he is, like just without hesitation, just here for me. I was like, yeah, maybe Father Tony does know Jesus. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and uh, maybe mm-hmm. I need to be a little more humble about this. And so, you know, after, after a couple of weeks, I got better. And, 
And I'm like, I'm giving I'm going to give Father Tony a chance. And then I remember seeing him. I was like, I hate that guy. <laughs> just like, again, my own my own jerkiness. Um, but then this is the this is the like one of these crux moments um, where every other Tuesday night, Father Tony would teach the teachers. And one Tuesday night, he was going to teach on a document called Humana Vitae. So Pope Paul VI's mm-hmm. encyclical on human life, openness to human life. And uh, I was like, I- I'm not going to go to that. Like, I already know this. I already, I was, a, I majored in theology. I'm not going to, this is ridiculous. And then I thought, you know what? I am going to go to this. And I'm going to destroy him. Like, I'm going to like show him how wrong, how backwards, how, like, you know. And so I remember walking in, went, walked to the back of the room. I like, folded my arms. I was like, all right, let's go, bring it. And he started presenting. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, because I thought he would say, well, the Pope says X and we have to believe this because the Pope says so. He starts with so simple. He says, well, we all know this is true, right? I'm like, well, yeah. And we all know this is true, right? Well, of course. Therefore, this is true. And I was like, oh my gosh, halfway through, my jaw is on the floor. And I'm thinking, what the heck? This is amazing. He got done. And I walked out of that room and like the world's spinning. I remember thinking, I can no longer would believe what I've been believing. I thought I was so right and the church was so wrong. He just demonstrated without doubt, without a shadow of a doubt that I was wrong and the church was right. It was one of the most joyful experiences of being wrong in my life because that was what had happened is, it, is, is being on a college campus and hearing all these intelligent people who are priests and monks and nuns and, and other lay people who are dedicated um, saying that, no, there's no real good reason why the church teaches what she teaches. And then to be able to say there is, and that started just cracked my heart. And I am so grateful um, because that just, I was praying, but I wasn't praying, right? I was showing up, but my heart was so hardened to the Lord, to the church. I was still saying, God, if you want me to be a priest, I'll do it. Um, but uh, it was in that moment where it just opened me up. So, so Father Mike, it was the moment of your suffering that revealed to you this priest and his really priestly heart, right? Yeah. That began yeah. it. So that's always kind of like the story of of of, uh, of discipleship, right? We encounter the yeah. Lord in the moments of our suffering when our pride can't help us, right? Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. So how did the movie stuff come in? Wait, let's let's hear about Robin Hood. Wait, where, where did that come from? <laughs> that was in college. So I was, yeah, I was. Uh, my, my, my oldest sister, she works on different movie sets and she worked for different performing artists. So right now she goes on tour with, um, with singers and whatnot, and she does wardrobe wow. for them and does, so her ears to the ground and they knew, she knew that they were advert or they were, uh, casting the role of Robin in mm-hmm. the movie Batman forever. I think Batman for Robin, one of the two. And, uh, and she was like, you well, she knew I, I'm a big comic book guy and I love Batman and Robin. And so. So like, you should try out, you should audition for this role. And so uh, I had, I, I was like, okay, there's a, there was a casting call in the Twin Cities. And so I went down there and uh, it was like, there are thousands of people. And it was the, the first, you know, cuts were like, they take a look at you and say, okay, you can leave or you can stay. Just like that did. It was just like very quick, <laughs> rapid fire. And then it was, okay, the next step is, you know, have a conversation, like you can leave, you can stay. And then there started being like actual callbacks where they're like, okay, come in and do a scene, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, the final callback, they, they told us now, I don't know if this is true, but they told us, yeah, we're down to about a dozen guys. Um, maybe they tell that to <laughs> the last 1,200 people. I don't know, but that's what they said. And, and they had me like act out a scene um, with the casting director, which is phenomenal because her, her name is Mally Finn. And she, well, ever since then, I've seen her name in the beginning of every like major movie. And then her, her daughter, it, she, her daughter actually, funny, fun fact, 
her daughter's responsible for, I think, casting every single one of the Marvel characters. Is that um, right? Wow. Yeah, which is, which, which, now what's fascinating, I think, with that too, is not only, oh, I met her mom, whatever, but is, if you stop and think, I don't know if you like those Marvel movies, but mm-hmm. it's one of those situations where you think the casting, I think the, the role of the casting director for choosing the right person, like, could I imagine anyone other than Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man? Like, I can't. Mm-hmm. Can I imagine anyone other than Chris Hemsworth playing Thor? Like, I can't. Or uh, uh, the other Chris playing Captain America, right? It's just like, wow, that is, that job is so amazing. Anyways, so I'm in this, in this audition and uh, um, they, they really, they were, they were very kind. And they said, they really, really like this. Would you audition for this other role? Not just Robin, but this other role that was in the movie Hackers. And uh, I was like, sure. I mean, I'm having fun. <laughs> this is great. And she said, we really like this. And they were, again, they were super positive and really encouraging. And we really want you, like you for this role and we'll suggest it. And um, it turns out I didn't get either part, as we mentioned. Uh, one of the interesting things though, is that the guy who did get that role in the movie Hackers, he was the male lead opposite Angelina Jolie. Uh, her her character and I always say this that they ended up marrying each other so if things had turned out differently I could have been the first ex Mr. Angelina Jolie that could have been my story imagine and now look and Father Mike so now (laughs) um, so now the Lord prepared you for the ministry that you have unfolded which we'll talk about after the break and I'm guessing I'm guessing that you have touched more lives than any casting role you would have had in any movie who would have come to see you, right? Which is remarkable so. how the Lord is using yeah. you. It's remarkable. It's a gift. It's what a gift. This is all gift. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this. I want to hear about this podcast. I want to hear about your plans. We talk about the catechism, right? That's in the works and a few other things. Great. Great. This is great. You're listening to Let Me Be Frank with Bishop Frank Caggiano on the Veritas Catholic Network. We're getting to know more about... Father Mike Schmitz, host of the Bible in a Year, and uh, almost ex-Mr. Angelina Jolie. (laughs) We will be right back after the break with more of this fantastic conversation. If you're concerned about your end-of-life plans, searching for a Catholic cemetery, or have loved ones who are buried in one of the 14 Catholic cemeteries throughout Fairfield County, now might be a good time to begin planning for yourself or for other family members. Call one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 to leave a message or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. Many people don't realize that they can be buried with their deceased loved ones, even if all of the family's in-ground plots have been taken. The Diocese of Bridgeport Catholic Cemeteries provides in-ground burials, as well as columbarium and mausoleum options. This makes it possible to unite your family together in the same cemetery, and it's an opportunity to build a bridge for your family back to the church. Talking about this issue is not easy, but pre-need planning makes your wishes clear, reduces cost, and helps your family avoid difficult decisions at a time of grief and loss. You can start your planning now by contacting one of our family advisors at 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. We can guide you through the options, regulations, and considerations to help you make the best decisions for your family. The number is 203-742-1450 and select option 5 or visit www.ctcemeteries.org. 
All right, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Uh, we have just spent the last uh, segment getting to know Father Mike's mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to mm -hmm. talk about all the great stuff that he's doing nowadays. Mm -hmm. So, Excellency, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I, I, I just allow me to comment on on just a theme that came up in in your in in that wonderful narration of, of how God has used and molded your life. You, you strike me as somewhat of a feisty spirit growing up, someone who's going to question, someone who may, you know, um, even, quote unquote, oppose, right? Yeah. Whatever may be in front of you for whatever good reasons at the time it may seem. But, but the truth is, Father Mike, the Lord uses that, right? He uses that to mold us, mm. right? And he used it to mold you. And I think that drive and energy and vision I think is also animating what has really become a ministry you have created that is beyond the borders of our country. I mean, it is in many ways, I said before it was global and I wasn't joking. I think there are people for, in all over the world who have been really enamored and touched by your ministry. So explain to our audience, for the few that may not know, what is it, what have you been up to? What have, tell us about yeah. the Bible in particular. <laughs> yeah, that's the, thank you for that. I, I um, that has been a really incredible thing. I, years ago, I had the chance to uh, start working with Ascension Press. And, and one of the things that we just did, we made some programs for, for teens, like mm -hmm. confirmation preparation programs and some other things. And, and then they started doing this, uh, where I would sit in my living room and make some videos and just kind of talk on Catholic topics. And, and they always would ask the question, like, if, if you have any ideas for anything else, just, you know, please run them by us. If, and I, sometimes, you know, you just like, I remember having a number of phone calls with Matt Pinto he used to be the, he's the founder and used to be the president of the company. And, uh, he would say, yeah, Father Mike, do you have any, any ideas? And I'm like, gosh, I'm so sorry, Matt. I, <laughs> I don't. And what happened is pandemic, you know, struck and, uh, here I am like everyone, many people, um, in say April, 2020, and we've had now, you know, a month of lockdowns and there's all this, uh, all this stuff going on where it's just kind of like there's news and there's people with opinions and there's a lot of smart people with a lot of things to say. I remember finding this, that that's what I would, I would just constantly be listening. What are people saying? What are smart people saying? What are wise people saying? Um, but I was still distressed and I found myself like really just, I would always go to who's the next person who has something to say and, and what's the next wise thing that I'm going to hear. And so I found myself distracted because I kept trying to listen for all these things and it also distressed because it was kind of one of those where, you know, when your, your circle of, of interest really outstrips your circle of influence, <laughs> it's a recipe for frustration. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I was reading Judges and uh, in the Old Testament and it just struck me that, wow, this time of instability and uncertainty and insecurity is nothing new. Um, they're just thinking of the generations of the Jewish people who had, had you know, the, one of those lines, one of the lines in, uh, in Judges that says, in those days, there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And you think like, wow, that kind of chaos. And I just remember thinking, I need to stop listening to all these people, even if they're really wise when it comes to the world. And I really need to listen to the wisdom of God. Like I just really need not just this temporary quick uh, insight into whatever is happening. I need something more eternal. And so I had the idea of, well, I need to just take God's word 
I need to like really interiorize the Lord's word. I need to have a, like a, a biblical worldview. And I read that book and maybe you've read it too. the, the book uh, from, from Christendom to apostolic mission. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, out of you, Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. So good. Monsignor Shea amazing where he, he, he talks about this too. He says, we need to recover a biblical worldview, a biblical imagination. And so anyways, I, I said, well, I like listening uh, to podcasts, like listening to things. Um, and I want to come back to the word. And so I, you know, sent an email to Ascension saying, so here's an idea I have of how about reading the Bible, like Bible in a year kind of situation, a little bit of reading every day. I'll actually, the first, my first idea was the Bible and catechism in a year combined. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, that might be a little, little, um, a lot, <laughs> little too much. Yeah. And so they said, how about the Bible? I said, great. And they said, what well, do you have any Bible reading plans? And I said, well, there's a thousand Bible reading plans online. And they said, well, we have the great adventure written by Jeff Cavins as part of our, what we have here at Ascension. It's like, that's incredible. Cause I, that changed my life. When I went through Jeff's uh, great adventure Bible timeline, it, I was already a priest and I went through it and I learned so much in that, uh, through that way of reading the Bible that mm-hmm. I said, please, if, if we can, that would be the best way to do this. Bas- basically is to say, we have a, um, Jeff has narrowed it down to like, here's this 14 narrative books that you never lose sight of the story uh, from Genesis all the way to the end. It basically, he goes to, to acts. Um, but there's this whole, that sense of like, here's the entire story without losing mm-hmm. the narrative thread. Mm-hmm. And so then we built uh, people, some amazing people at Ascension built all the other books around the main story. So you could go through the whole Bible, basically through, through the course of the year and never really lose sight of the story, even if you're getting all those other books that are non-narrative. And so they said, great. And so we started recording and then it exploded. <laughs> and I'm yeah. so grateful, man, that's amazing. Yeah. No, and it shows a couple of things. It shows that everything that you have gone through in your life up to, including the potential of acting, right? And the skills of presentation yeah. and presenting yourself have all been in anticipation of this ministry, right? And it also, I think, unless you may disagree, it shows the great thirst that people have for the word of God. Oh, completely. And to come to that, has been, mm-hmm. that has been so striking. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, just this morning, we had a morning mass mm-hmm. and there's a couple that had come to Duluth, Minnesota, where I live, from Athens, Georgia. Oh my. <laughs> they said, yeah, we just wanted to come to a mass here. And uh, they said, we're, on, we're going through a year and a half, but basically we're going through it again. And mm-hmm. this woman, you know, an elderly woman, maybe mm-hmm. in her seventies, maybe, maybe late sixties. And she had, she said, this changed my life. And she got, she got started getting tears. She's, I was raised Catholic, I'm Catholic my whole life, mass every Sunday. This changed my life. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people that I know uh, who have reached out to me and they've said everything from, I was atheist. Then I started listening to this and I now believe in the Lord mm-hmm. um, to people who are saying, the same thing as this woman. Mm-hmm. Here I am as a Catholic. I didn't realize. I've always had the idea. Maybe I should get through the Bible. Maybe even tried. Maybe some mm-hmm. people have even done it, but without a guide. And that just—I just think yeah, it just—I'm so grateful to be. Mm. You know what else, yeah, too, to be Father Mike? I think it. I think you also um, were the vehicle of grace in a very particular moment too, because as you said, in the pandemic, this technology of podcasting and just listening because we had the time and also it became something more than just what young people would have done now you have older people become very comfortable so now the vista opened to 
literally hundreds of millions of people. And you were there at the right place offering the food that they have been really hungering for, God knows, and it could be for their whole life, right? Yeah. The one thing I have to tell you, I mean, from my perspective, from the work on the catechism, from the subcommittee, and now the work that we're trying to do to create a new institute, right, mm-hmm. for evangelizing catechesis, one of the fonts is exactly what you've done. It's the word of God, the power that comes from the word of God. And we as Catholics have always, I mean, we've always revered the scripture, but I'm not sure we've always highlighted its power because we've always deferred to the sacraments. So it's a great gift, right? And I think it's just yeah. the tip of the iceberg of people being touched by it, to be honest. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I agree, especially since you're making it accessible. I think one of the one of the things that uh, that makes the Bible in a year, like the podcast itself, mm-hmm. um, uh, I guess successful, yeah, for lack of a better term, is, well, a couple of things. One is the fact that, you know, the Bible is meant to be heard. Scripture mm-hmm. is meant to be read aloud. You know, that's that's how it's mm-hmm. written in the context. Yes, we can read it privately, but there's, there's something about it being proclaimed. Um, but the other thing, the other three things I would say is we made it really simple. All you have to do is press play. Like you just, mm-hmm. just, that's it. You know, you can drive to work, press play, brushing your teeth. You press play, you're out for a walk, just press play and listen. Second thing is, um, there's a, there's a map. Like, so the great adventure that Jeff has come up with is like, no, dear, listen, we're not going to lose you. Here's where we're going. Here's where you are. Here's where we're going. Um, that's great. And then the third part is I, some kind of guide, um, in the sense that, you know, I, some people, you know, kind of messaged me over the course of this last year, year and a half. And they said, you know, I had James Earl Jones read me the Bible because apparently James Earl Jones has a, uh, an audio Bible. And they said, when, and he's he, they're like, father, he's a way better voice than you do. <laughs> yes. Come on. Oh, <laughs> I said, but, but we would get, I would get lost. And one of the, the the third piece about every episode of the podcast is at the end, after we've read scripture, there is a commentary. And I say that, you know, someone who's just a guide and at, at something not necessarily to go into the weeds, but to be able to say, well, let's highlight, what did you just hear? What might it mean to you in your life right now? And then move on. And so I think those three things, it was, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy did to you, simply press play. Yeah. Did you write all those commentaries yourself? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's an that's a lot of work. So there was a lot of work. Don't you have a day yeah. job? <laughs> yeah, I just quit. I said, Bishop, my my own bishop. I was like, listen, uh, is it okay if I just take a year off quick and just want to do this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Father Mike, if I could say, the that your uh, reflections at the end of every day, those are. I mean, I I, I don't have words for it, but you are Philip for us Ethiopians there. Mm. I mean, it is just, that is, I can't even describe to you what those Mm comments, those reflections mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's all. Thank you so much for that because, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going through it now. Like I'm, I'm listening uh, myself. Uh, You say to yourself, really? (laughs) Well, yes. If I put myself at 1.5 speed or faster, then I can't, I don't hear me. I just hear the words of scripture (laughs) and Mm -hmm. then it's like, okay. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's a sense of like, wow, I just, I go back sometimes and listen and think, Lord, thank you so much for this. Because um, I think of like a bishop was saying, all of the people who've influenced me, all the people who have taught me, like there's, I don't, you know, for 365 days, I don't think there was one original thought. (laughs) I think it's just, you just, you listen to all these other people, read all these other people, and you realize um, it's kind of like uh, 
at the beginning of last year and the podcast had done well ratings wise, um, I got some people, whether I, there were strangers, some family members, friends saying like, hey, congratulations on this. Hey, don't let it go to your head. And I remember thinking, I appreciate that. Thank you. The second thing I thought was, um, I'm not sure how I would let this go to my head because since 2007, I've had my own podcast of like Sunday homilies. And then in 2015, I had this other podcast of the presents videos and, and audio and none of them, neither of them had done as well as this. So when it was my own thoughts, it never did that great. Uh, but here it is, you know, it's just, this is just the Lord. This is God's word that people just, as Bishop said, are hungry for and has power. And like you said, Bishop, like the, I have, so one case of this, I kind of alluded to it, this man, he had written to me, he was in his maybe mid forties. He said he'd been an atheist for most of his life and that he'd been a committed atheist, like a really, uh, uh, yeah, convinced atheist. He had said he raises kids to be atheist. He has read the Bible a couple of times on his own. He said, but I don't know what it is about hearing. He said, I don't know if it's, if it's just hearing, I don't know if it's your voice, <laughs> probably not my voice. He said, I don't know what it is, but now I, I having heard God's word for a month and a half, two months, I, I believe. And I right. just think, right. like you said, Bishop, that's the power right. of scripture right. is right. God's right. word has power. May, may I offer a, a possible, possible explanation? Not, not complete, just a thought. Paul talks about the pro proclamation of the word, right? Mm. And in effect, when someone proclaims it and another one is listening, what you have created is the community of the church, yeah. right? And it is the yeah. community that is the primordial sacrament. Mm. For there was a church before there was a written scripture. There was a church before most of the sacraments were even clear in our minds, right? But it was the presence yeah. of Christ. So the genius of what the podcast is doing, it creates more than one. It creates the church. And that's the mediating power, at least the way wow. I kind of see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I've never thought of that. But the, everything you're saying right now is just like that resonates so powerfully because one of the things that we keep reminding, I kept reminding people of is you're not alone here. We're praying right. for each other. We're listening to this. We're right. receiving it together, mm -hmm. um, but never had made that connection, Bishop. Mm -hmm. I just, wow, yeah, that's, mm -hmm. wow. And that's so priestly, isn't it? Yeah. It's so priestly. Yeah. So anyone could have done it, but the fact that the Lord asked you to do it and you as one of his ordained ministers, as his priest, configured to him, there is that other grace that allows the proclamation to be a, a sacred one in a way different than someone else. And not because it's better, it's different, right? right? Yeah. And you know that you say that, it's funny. Um, there have been a number of people, uh, both Protestant, a lot of non-Catholics listening, mm -hmm. um, a lot of non-Catholics listening. And that's just, I'm just so grateful that the Lord allowed, has mm -hmm. allowed that and it's allowing it. Um, but have said, you know, there's a, there's a young woman, her name is Annie Downs. She has a podcast and, and she has a really, really large following among uh, Christian Christians in general, but Christian women as well. And I was on her show and she said, you know, Father Mike, for the last, she's like, I've never, she doesn't know any Catholics basically. And, and she doesn't know anything about really didn't know anything about the Catholic church, but she said for the last year, you've been my pastor. And, and now what she maybe meant is like, just like my pastor, like the person I see on Sundays, what I hear though, is what our students have said and what 
other people have said who have the idea they know what a priest the heart of a priest is the heart of a father mm -hmm. and so not to put words into annie's mouth but what i heard her saying was she caught a glimpse of the fatherhood of the pre that's that's at the heart of the priesthood right and right. i just think man that is different than you you were my teacher this year that's that's different um right but yeah this the right. sense of i was fathered right. by you in some ways um right right yeah and, and, and if and if I may, too, the other thought that crosses my mind, and again, you may you may not see it this way, and if so, please correct me, but the, the beauty of inviting people into the community of the church, mm. when, as you did in the podcast, also allows all the voices that have echoed through all the centuries yeah. of men and women of holiness, of all states of life, who have reflected and echo back what the Lord is asking, what the Lord is proclaiming, right? So whether you realized it or not, and I think you did realize it, as you said, there's not original thought in your mind. This certainly has never been one in my mind because what are we echoing? We're echoing the, yeah. the, the ones we've read, the ones we've studied, the ones we've encountered, the fathers of the church, the saints, the, the mystics, the scriptural exegetes, all that. So it's like one, it's like a symphony of voices. Yeah that people are introduced to. And that's the grandeur and the beauty of the church through the centuries, right? And that's why as Catholics, I mean, w w what a gift to be part of the church just for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that it is, like you said, you had the symphony, that idea. So many people, so many people. And gosh, I just, I think what you're, one of the things, one of the things you're saying is, one of the things I'm hearing you say, just receiving is, is how humbled, yeah, this that when you realize, okay, this isn't, this isn't you, this is all of the people who have come before, right. this is the, the whole right. church. Right, um, right, right. It's your yeah. Jerome, Augustine, yeah. Aquinas, Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. And I mean, it's just an amazing thing. Now, let me tell you, before we run out of time, I want you to tell our audience a bit, what's the new project on the horizon? I hear, <laughs> I hear some rumblings. There's something else in the, in the works. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I, well, I, the hope, the, you know, the, 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 uh, yeah, cat, maybe catechism in here, maybe like the, there's an opportunity to, to do something similar, um, where, starting in January 1st, 2023, uh, maybe there's an opportunity to, you know, I had so many brother priests who said, hey, we really like the Bible, do the catechism next. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. we maybe. And so we're, we're, we're talking and looking at how is it that we can take, you know, the, the genius. I mean, there's the genius of the catechism. That I, 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 I'm, okay, when it comes to the, the word of God, that is, it's obviously, it's the word of God. It's a whole nother level. It's a kind, another kind of thing. Um, when I read the catechism and realize normal human beings wrote this, <laughs> like without necessarily the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and in, in the same way, you know, that it's God's word. Um, I think this is genius. And if we could just have some way of saying, here is a summary of the essential beliefs of mm -hmm. the Catholic church, in a way that's bite-sized, accessible, mm -hmm. just like we make the scriptures, a lot of the scriptures to be bite-sized and accessible, then just the, the depth to which people would be able to own their faith. 
And then right. that the, when they when they stand up and, and recite the creed, when they when they say amen anytime, they're like, I know what I'm saying amen to. There's something about like mm-hmm. um, you know, knowledge of the Lord through, through the scripture that that is. I think there are many people, many Catholics, many Christians who they they know they have an idea of who Jesus is, an idea of who God is. Mm-hmm. Then when you actually allow the Lord to reveal Himself through Scripture, then you're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, God, you are more challenging than I uh, expected. You're also uh, more loving than I expected. You're also more all these things. You're more than I expected. But then there's that next step of here's the Catechism, which where it's here's the the, the tradition of the Church and the historian of the Church that's wrestled with and has encountered and lived out of this relationship mm-hmm. with the God who reveals himself in scripture and through the mm-hmm. church and in the sacrament, mm-hmm. we come to contact with the sacraments and says, okay, now here is, uh, here's, here's what we believe, not only about him, about human beings, about how we interact with these, or how we're, how we're called to live, how we're called to worship him, how we're called to be in communication with him in mm-hmm. prayer. I just, I cannot wait if this, if this is something that we get to actually I do am it. Praying, just, I am praying that this will happen because if I could use this image, lots of people who are good, faithful Catholics have seen some of the trees, but they have not seen the forest. Yeah. And, and in a year, if a person were faithful under your guidance to hear the totality of the faith, then I think there's gonna be light bulbs that will go on for the first time in people's lives to say all of this makes sense yeah not yeah. just a little piece of it all of it and once you just it once you it you it strikes you about what we believe a human person to be what we believe god made human means and the gift of salvation and the echoing in the church it, it, it's like the aha moment right that could mm-hmm. change just like you had with the bible you'll have the same with the catechism and people yeah. say now i finally understand this is what <laughs> it means to be a catholic and, and yeah. i actually believe it <laughs> right Yes, exactly. That is the, oh, that's, that's the, I, I believe, I truly believe that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I think oh, I agree. one of the experiences of the, the Bible is the, the challenge of the true and living God being revealed, mm-hmm. revealing himself right through scriptures. Um, but then also that now I know him, now I know the one I'm assenting to. Mm-hmm. And the same kind of thing is, okay, now I know what it is just that much more to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Cavins would talk about this so many times where he say, he'd say at the end of Catholic education, I have this big pile of Catholic stuff. And, and someone says, well, do you believe in X? And he's like, well, I think it's in that pile, but well, why? I don't, right. I don't know. It's in the pile somewhere. Right. I think with this, um, here's an opportunity right. to be able to say, I know what, right. and I know why. And, uh, right. And, and why, and why, if I may follow Mike, then why A is followed by B followed by yeah. C, because it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. It's re- faith is reasonable. And most people don't realize that they criticize us for thinking that we're just you know, we believe the stuff because, you know, we just want to appease ourselves or we want to escape the world, but it all is reasonable. Yeah, yeah. It, it all makes sense. The one thing I'm curious about, and of course it's too pre- premature, so there's no answer to this, is whoever puts together the, the journey map like you have for the Bible, yeah. that's a lot of work. Because mm-hmm. for those who may not know it, the catechism is no small book. <laughs> it's, I'm not sure it's as big as the Bible, but it's big. Right. And uh, yeah. to make them bite size is going to be really a lot of work. But I'm sure there are bright people who could do it yeah. without a doubt. And, and you yeah, would one be of the part things, of that. One mm-hmm. of the, the hopes is uh, so when, whenever I teach RCIA, 
one of the things we'll do is, is I used to do it so that at the last couple of classes, we'd talk about prayer, life of prayer. Um, and then I just realized, wait a second, we always talk about how RCIA is not just about information, but really about transformation. Um, and what really transforms a person is the encounter with the Lord himself. And so why don't we have, why don't we teach our RCIA candidates and catechumens about prayer from the very beginning? So one of our hopes is you know, that fourth pillar of the catechism on prayer, mm -hmm. to be able to not wait to the end, but to be able to start that and say the whole time you're learning more and more about who the Lord is, who you are as a human being, what he's called us to. Mm -hmm. You're also going to be discipled in prayer every day. And uh, that's one of the, that's one of the goals in prayers. Cause it, one of my, my, I guess, you know, my favorite section in the catechism so far has always been the section on prayer. And uh, mm -hmm. so not making people wait until the end of the year to, uh, to be discipled in prayer, but to do that the whole way through is, is one of the, one of the, one of the goals. Great idea. Great idea. And just to remind everyone, the first article in that section on the spiritual life is about humility, mm -hmm. right? Which is the perennial lesson we all have to learn right? as believers. It's all about Jesus. Yeah. It's not about me. Right. Great. Excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> That's great. So we're going to go to our, our next break. You're listening to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Bishop Frank Caggiano has been having a fantastic conversation with Father Mike Schmitz of the Bible in the Year and hopefully the Catechism in the Year. Please, uh, God. Let's take a break and we'll be right back with a listener question. Hey, it's Matt from Restless on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Each week on Restless, we young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ in today's crazy and mixed up world. Join us each Friday at noon on 1350 AM, 103.9 FM, the Veritas app, or wherever you get your shows. Hope to see you there. All right, welcome back to Let Me Be Frank on the Veritas Catholic Network. Uh, Excellency, a timely question came in um, since it's confirmation season. So, oh, isn't it? Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, you would know. All right, here it is. It says... My oldest children have received confirmation during the last few years. Mm -hmm. What significance does the church place on the confirmation name? Should I be addressing them by their confirmation names? And then the, uh, the writer asks, what is your confirmation name and why did you choose it? Mm -hmm. And would you choose a different one now that you're older and wiser? Well, uh, the tradition of a confirmation name, which is optional, actually, it's not required in the sacrament, is really to pick a spiritual companion which you journey your life with as a disciple. So it is to be a saint that you may have some relationship or develop a relationship. So it's not just a hat and a name for the sake of a name. It really reflects a person, right? Now, for my case, I've chose Joseph. I would choose Joseph again. Uh, and there has nothing, nothing has, in fact, the older I've gotten, the more I appreciate the fact that I have Joseph. Because in a, in a life that I have where I do an awful lot of talking, Joseph <laughs> reminds me it's all about doing, right? So, and many a time he's, re, he's reminded me about that in prayer. So I'm very, I've chosen well. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you're saying, Excellency, since it's a, uh, a spiritual companion for the confirmandi, mm -hmm. um, that you don't have to call your kids by that name because no, it's I mean, really you could, them. yeah, you, you could. When, when my father was upset, he called me by both my names, in which case <laughs> I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> so that's optional. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> 
So if you have a question for Bishop Frank, send it in to us on social media, or you can email questions at veritascatholic.com. Bishop Frank Caggiano is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So is Veritas Catholic Network. And we would like to thank Foundations in Faith. A grant from the St. Therese Fund for Evangelization makes it possible for us to bring Let Me Be Frank to you. Foundations in Faith is committed to supporting and transforming pastoral ministries in the Diocese of Bridgeport. And you can learn more about their outstanding work at foundationsinfaith.org. I just want to say, how blessed are we Catholics today to have media? I mean, because, you know, your listeners, Excellency, get to learn from you every week. You know, we're encountering scripture thanks to Father Mike. I mean, um, and, and so on that note, Father Mike Schmitz, Wow. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, where can listeners go to learn more and to get more from you? Yeah, no, thank you. I, it's, it's been a great, it's been so good to be able to speak with you both. Um, I, so there is the Bible in a year. It's on, I think, all of the, uh, the platforms that you would expect. It's on Spotify and iTunes. And Hallow is one of the apps that I think hosts it as well. Um, we also have, as I mentioned before, uh, the less popular um, podcast that I do um, once every week. There's a there's a little short one between five and 10 minutes. And then there's a longer Sunday mass homily that is between 15 and 20 minutes, give, give or take. Um, but uh, those are some of the places that I'm, I'm, I get to be online and try to uh, do what Bishop's doing here, which is, is just like being able to speak to the people. We started that that homily podcast years ago because I'd have students here for four years on campus and then and then they would leave and I'd be like oh I want to be able to still speak to them I want to be able to still still uh, you know help uh, them in their lives and and so uh, I'm so grateful as you mentioned for technology and for the ability to uh, still you know be in people's lives and just hopefully try to offer what whatever I've received. Father Mike thank you you are a very busy man and the fact that you took the time for, to, to be with us today, I'm very, very grateful. And I, I will continue to pray for your ministry, that it continues to bear great fruit. And if there is a, a catechism in the year, please God, that that will happen, I am absolutely certain it will bear great fruit and will commend it to, to the will of the Father. Right. Yes. And thank you, Bishop, so much. And thank you for uh, letting me be uh, with spending some spending time with you today. I'm I'm honored, and hopefully we get to meet in person someday. Yes, with the help of God, absolutely. Yeah, one day. All absolutely. right, Excellency. Before we go, would you please give us your blessing? I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Spirit continue to guide the work that Father Mike is offering to the honor of your name. We give you thanks and we ask that your Holy Spirit bless us and our listeners in these very challenging times. Help us to be courageous, to be joyful, and to be faithful. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you all. For the mic, thank you. Be well. God bless. Thank you so and much. Steve, behave. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Steve. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye.